we were putting up by the practice green right before we're going to tee off on the first hole at Whistling Straits, and the caddy comes over and says, the course is going to play about 700 yards longer today with this wind. At that moment, we knew we were in trouble. Maybe today's the day I break 80. Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold Would you hit it on one? Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Episode 8 of the Break 80 Podcast, and we have the regular starting lineup in tonight. Stouds here joined by short-sighted Mike, top 100 Tim. These guys are fresh off their out east trip to Kohler, Wisconsin, where they partook in Pete Dye's major championship in Ryder Cup gem, Whistling Straits. How are you guys, and are you still alive? Still recovering. We are still in recovery. Yeah, I got a text from Mike today. He's still sore. Still sore from that walk. <laughs> or or the bed or the luxury accommodations that we I had. Think, in I think more my ego, more my my ego is bruised more than my body at this point. Well, I can't oh, wait yeah. to get I can't wait to get into it. Um, <laughs> going to be a, a good time. Before we get to that, let's just go over the agenda here real quick. We're going to do the Whistling Straits trip. Uh, we're going to preview my trip coming up here to Brainerd. Uh, we'll break down the entire thing. We'll wrap up the Zurich, in which one of us picked the winner, one of us the runner up. And one of us with the WD. <laughs> Definite asterisk by this one. Definite asterisk. By this one. And then uh, we'll do a short preview of the Mexican Open and maybe a little other things here at the end. So with that being said, boys, I cannot wait for this part. I, I, uh, I try to follow from afar. It looked like a, a blast to watch, but not as much fun to play. Give us the breakdown of the trip out east. You want me to, uh, let, me, let me, before Tim goes into his thing, I just want everybody to know that I think... So I left my house in the West Metro at 3.48 a.m. on Saturday, uh, checking the weather for at Kohler, Wisconsin. And it said it was going to be 65 degrees or something like that, 62. And the wind was 10 to 13. Now, it maybe it was my fault for not putting in Haven or whatever that little town is. It's more on the water. But I'm gonna just we're, we're gonna blame this on the on the uh, meteorologist like the pros do. You gotta have you gotta have an excuse. You gotta have an excuse. And when we opened the car to get out at freaking Whistling Straits, there was no way in hell that was ten to thirteen. It was just howling already, and that and we knew we were in trouble. We just knew it. We were in for a long day. Well, thank God for that merch sale, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, loading up on. I don't know if anyone's bought anything, but I, I get off the beaten path on, on golf stuff because you end up with, you know, 55 polos with different courses on them. Uh, so I'm, I'm deep into the, uh, everyone knows the Turvis Tumblr game, but also the, uh, the blanket game. And now I've got a couple plush toys sitting around the, uh, the condo over here from different courses, but Mike is spot on. If not for that, uh, that sale going on, um, we would have been not insulated very well. Uh, but the, the round started early. The round started with the drive and why Mike picked to sit in the backseat. Mike is, uh, is six foot five, probably <laughs> uh, chose to sit in the backseat of a, a very small sedan. Um, then complained about back problems the rest of the day. <laughs> uh, that could have been as rough as the wind, but goodness, Having played quite a few of the top 100s, though, the only place that I can really place uh, Whistling Straits is is really next to Wolf Creek. And I sat around, I kind of contemplated just the course overall, but it doesn't align with the links. It's not linksy. It's it's way too undulated. It's not necessarily next to the lake. The bunkering is is severe. There's 1,100 bunkers. um it's just it's mars it's it's mars golf it's martian it doesn't exist anywhere else and that is is wolf creek to a t2 um whistling straits has bunkering uh severe artificial slopes um random 
high face screens and walls and everything thrown in the midst of it. It is 10 times worse than what you see on TV. Have a great time, have a blast, go out and play, but it is Martian golf in the same way that Wolf Creek is, is Martian golf. And many of us have seen the video game. Um, my scores were Martian as well. Uh, they were out of this world. Uh, I a couple double pars. Um, <laughs> Those were generous double pars. I, I had a couple bunkers where I took three shots out of one bunker that happened on two different holes. Uh, goodness. I, I tried the speech shot on 17, not because I put a ball down, but because I pulled it and I ended up down there um, and hit a solid bank shot off of the, uh, the wooden bankment, uh, which came back into a different bunker and then struggled and hit two other bank shots out of that different bunker to finally get on the green uh again it's it's a wild world out there and i think all three of us just kind of laughed and and looked at ourselves at the end of the round and you know had a a moment of um appreciation for the the next time that we got to play a, a traditional parkland course uh <laughs> here back in in the traditional midwest there, there weren't enough cigarettes in sheboygan <laughs> <laughs> to, get, to, get, to get Tim through those first four holes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it sounds like a blast, Tim. <laughs> I take sponsorships again. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not a part of the Surgeon General's administration. So, you know, I, I think they do some good for the mental psyche. There was one hole early. I, I think it was at four or six. I think it's four. The one that's got the crazy, like, big dude on the right with some weird random bunker or Tim is like a, a mountain Sherpa on one side, just climbing this hill to get to his ball. And Patrick is like, is like down on the water on the lake side, on the complete opposite side of just hell on earth on these, on this hole. That, that poor four caddies. Like, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> They're spreading me so thin. Yeah. I went, I seriously, I went par triple or quadruple par triple <laughs> par oh. double or something like that. Oh. I mean, yeah. it was, a mixed bag of results for sure. So you, got, you got a good bounce back stats then. I mean, just yeah. follow the quad with the par. That's a Oh yeah. The bounce, the, the, again, you, you hit a palm all on the tee and you hit one <laughs> down the middle. You missed the palm on the tee in the next one. Yeah. You, you hit it straight into a bunker. Let, so let, let me go into a little Pete Dye stuff here. And then I will kind of, I got a few holes to talk about that. We got to, we got to go through here, but um, so Herb Kohler, everybody listening's probably got a, a toilet or a sink or something in their house that's Kohler. You know, he's a billionaire. Um, and he wanted, the story goes, he wanted to build some, some a golf course like Bally Bunyan. And if you've seen Bally Bunyan or played it, you know, it's a true Irish Lynx, obviously, in the West Coast of Ireland with a lot of big, big, drastic, uh, you know, like dunes, that are, you know, they're grass dunes, but there's a lot of slope and stuff like undulation to it. So that's what that's what Pete Dye was trying to do. I don't even know, Tim. It was like eight hundred thousand cubic feet or square feet. I don't know how much earth he moved on this thing, but it's it's amazing because it had been a flat like it was, runway it was, for military. So, yeah. So the the course was an anti aircraft training facility for the army. It was, and when you walk when you go in. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the audience has been to other top 100s. There is a distinct marking sequence that goes with the top 100 course. You've got big pearly gates. You've got big signage. There's maybe a resort attached to it. And there's none of those luxuries attached to Whistling Straits. You are going down a side highway off of Sheboygan into a, a even worse side highway past Haven. Uh, a bar that we probably should have visited. Probably should have. It looked good. Looked good. You had the Miller Lite, um, the old 1980s, 1990s Miller Lite sign on the outside. Uh, but then you get to the gates and it's kind of the first indication that you've even even come closer or arrived. There's there's really no big signage. There's no big grand entry. You just come up to the property and then you're there with one, uh, one sign, uh, which I thought was a little bit different. Um, but yeah, take it, take it back away on, on your course. But that, God, the, the entry was just so different from other places. And that kind of silhouettes the, 
the rest of the differences. I mean, it's just, it's out of this world. So um, for the, you know, Pete Dye is probably, you know, there's, there's minimalist golf course architecture and then there's maximalist golf course architecture. <laughs> and then there's Pete Dye, who's like hyper maximalist. Um, I was reading something today. It was a quote from Bill. Bill Core was talking about, um, found on the internet talking about um, Whistling Straits. If you know, Bill Core is part of Core and Crenshaw. You know, they, they did some at Bandon and they, you know, Sand Valley. And they're, they're very minimalist now. But Bill Core worked for um, Pete Dye. And he said, he was talking about Harbor Town, which a tour played a few weeks ago and said, you know, that was one of the early Pete Dye courses were based on finesse and shot placement. And then he goes on to say, and then when he started working on TPC Sawgrass, there was a change in Pete Dye. And it became like his career path was to, you know, start tricking, making it harder for professionals at these tournaments. I don't want to say tricking, but playing harder. Then there was a Pete Dye course that says, once you got a Pete Dye quote that says, once you got them thinking, you've got them. So he kind of became enamored with making it really difficult championship golf courses. And apparently it was his wife that, that had to talk him into like making kind of secondary T or fairway areas where average players could hit two and stuff too. Um, but there's, so there's kind of like a, a two prong career of Pete Dye because of what you, what you see, you know, later on into the nineties are places like Kiwa, which you've played them both, Tim, which is harder Kiwa or, or whistling. Did you think? I, it, so the fortunate part about Kiwa was, I think I had five mile per hour wins and I was hitting the driver pretty well. So, uh, Kiowa just had raised greens for the most part. So you'd have these, these kind of tabletop greens or turtle shell greens around the course. So if you were close and you had a, a decent short length iron in, I didn't think it was particularly hard. Um, I think I shot an 83 at Kiowa mixed with the, I think I put it at like an 80 or a 96, a 96 at a, <laughs> The gin, the gin machine. hundred, <laughs> Jeff. We're we're changing. Let's we're go. changing the breaker. Breaking one hundred here um, on the. Well, um, the wind I mean, plays a factor, uh, but I, I do think the keel was considerably easier. I think the fairways were wider. I think the aiming points were easier, and how the the caddy described where you need to be on certain holes was was more manageable than than getting up on the tees. It whistling straights. Um, and again, you're talking about two very different courses. Uh, Kiowa very fit the, the landscape surrounding it amongst the dunes um, where again, whistling just, it, it doesn't feel like it should necessarily be there, especially on the drive in and seeing some of the other, other courses that are around the area of Black Wolf Run, River and Meadows, and then Irish. Um, it's so foreign out there with how many bunkers it has and, and how raised and undulating the, the holes and even the walking paths are. Um, that yeah. key will very much fit and, and whistling really, really did not. So they, I was look, doing some research on this today to get, give you an idea of how much earth they moved. Um, they had to do the eight holes that are along the water in the winter. They had to install because they had to do make their own roads to every hole. Like the tee box and green areas had to be like they had to put like riveted stuff up along it to hold all of the earth up because they've raised it from, you know, originally it was only like 50 feet, you know, above above the lake. And now it's raised way up. I don't even know how high up we were there. It's 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 much more than 50 feet. Um up in some spots so they had to push all this dirt up and put it up there and then they had to install like you know you'll see like a lot of the greens on those sides have like the you know the classic peat dye like wooden railroad planks wherever they are in them you know um but they had to install a bunch of stuff apparently and they had to do it in the winter so they can cut roads in there to do it with all the machinery and whatever because it was such a it was quite a project um but yeah that, yeah that was my take too with what um tim was saying there earlier about you know, it's not, it's a, the idea behind it was to make it a Lynx style golf course like Bally Bunyan. 
it doesn't play like that really you know there's there's like dramatic dunes and cliffs and but you know obviously we played early in the year it had just opened it was the second day it was open so it's playing much slower than we play in the summer but there aren't a lot of spots you know where it was like well if you catch this slope it would really run forever there's a few but not like you would find on a true true links kind of golf course um and i also it was highly precise it was highly precise off the very tee. precise and the, and the greens, you know, when you think like real true links, you know, Scotland, Ireland or whatever, even Bandon parts of Bandon, very big, large greens. These were not large. They were not that big of greens at, at, um, at Whistling. They were actually fairly small to medium sized areas. And, you know, typically your links courses have a lot of like shaved or runoff areas around them these did these did not you know if you missed the green you were in some shitty little pothole bunker where you couldn't even get a stance and it was kind of crazy um speaking of uh speaking of pothole bunkers number six yeah the the crack the crack yeah that was that was added that was not original what both you and pat went down there too we went down and hit a shot for fun yeah it's, so there's this if you don't know what he's talking about number number six uh, green the hole is not that long it's like 380 or 90 yards i think from where we played it at um but it's got a green that looks kind of like like glasses you know like sunglasses or eyeglasses and then in the middle of it is this cr- giant chasm this hole and you go down there i mean i'm six five and i couldn't i'm looking just straight at a wall you know it's like eight ten feet deep and i and we hit shots for fun from down there um, but I was reading about that today. Pete Dye was not happy with 2010 scores and, and went back and added that. But like, but that's a perfect example of how it's like not a true, true links kind of design because it, that's kind of a two part green. If that pin is on the front left, you could run a shot down the hill and roll it there. But on the back right where it was for us, you have to fly it. There's no other option because oh, going no, right no. Mike is putting this mildly. It is a U shape. And <laughs> if you're on, if you're on the left side coming up, you would have to hit a flop shot over this chasm that, yeah. that would go down 10 feet. I mean, you were both buried, both you and Pat were, were buried below the height of the green. And we just went down for fun and dropped the ball. You know? Oh yeah. Oh no. And I, this wasn't, this was not even like a wedge coming flying. And this was us dropping the ball down there. And then if you go right, if you go right of the green, you're, you're rolling down towards Lake Michigan. So it's like, there's no, there's no, or maybe it was up on the, I can't remember. Anyway, but right, it was a huge drop too. There's no like area to play like what you would think of as a standard pot. You know, Lynx golf gives you some, the option of using the ground a lot. That's just not an option in some spots here. Um, I think, I think that was the one frustrating part about it too, just because I didn't bring my best game by, by any means, but that happens and you look for bailout areas and there just, there were no bailout areas anywhere on that golf course um, that you could, you could possibly find. In fact, if you were off the fairway, our caddy was, was telling us, well, you're probably in a bunker. Yeah. Right. It's not, did you hit the rough? Where'd you hit the rough? It's like, you're in a bunker. We'll find it. It's in one of them. Yeah. We'd, you'd miss a fairway and he'd be like, uh, it's probably in a bunker. Cause it's, you know, you, I was looking this up today. The fairways there, are about half as wide as the as people i've not played band and doing some of the courses there and trails but they're about half as wide it said as they are there so it's not <laughs> it's not like you you have lots of room to hit shots and when the wind is whipping 20 to 25 sideways and it's like oh my god we knew we were, we, we knew we were screwed when we when we're putting, we're like chipping and putting before we play. And, the, and our forecast we had comes up to us and says, "Not sure which tees you guys want to play, but just so you know, it, with, with this wind today, it's going to play seven hundred yards longer." I think he said, or something like that. We're like, "Oh my god!" And then you <laughs> yeah, step I, up. On, oh goodness, we were on the range, and you were down a little bit further. But the guy next to my right, a different playing group, was hitting these half swings into the wind with his caddy going, "You know what?" That'll be far enough. Let's just move it down the fairway. (laughs) (laughs) You 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 get up, and then you get up to the first, and you get up to the first tee box, and one is not on the water. One one is the hole that brings you out to the water, 
and it but you look and it's like where is the fairway all you see is just bunker after it's like and these aren't like bunkers that you would think of when you go to like a troy burn and they're all they're all you know shaped and these are just random scars in the in the earth everywhere that's all you see is bunkers <laughs> so can i ask so like hole one did they did they is the course one through 18 the same as they played at the Ryder cup yes one was drivable for like bryson bryson drove yeah, it or tried yeah, to Bryson drove it and and i but i did notice a lot of guys did struggle off that first tee like that was that was like they hit the left bunker a lot yeah there's a bunch of left bunkers well you can't like he the caddy would point out to us kind of where to hit but there's you don't you can't visually you know, that's one thing Pete Dye did a lot, you know, with, with visually making it difficult for it. You can't really see any, it, there's fairway there, a lot of it, I think, but it's like, you don't see it. But, you know, if, still- you, if, you, if you played it though, some, like you would have kind of a more confident idea of what you really need to do. Like, you know, those guys that play that course all the time, they can, you know, develop some sort of an idea. But if you're just playing for the first time and a caddy just says aim for that, like you don't really know what that means other than trying to hit that spot. But, yeah. If anyone is playing that course all the time, please reach out to our Instagrams. <laughs> yeah. We are available to play any of the courses that you also play alongside of Whistling yeah. Straits all the no time. Crap. Right. It, what they said was it's really not a course that locals play too often. In fact, um, Black Wolf Run River uh, was was kind of the popular course amongst the caddies to play in the area. Um, that being said, I would like to go back, but to to kind of follow on Mike's point, that was one narrow looking fairway, and then even looking at the the yardage book now on on hole one, it was a narrow fairway to miss, and I, we all missed it left. And yeah, um, uh, the the one the one thing I did want to cover though was you know it, it, in going to so many of these different top one hundreds, there's a certain I don't want to be a millennial with this, but there's a vibe. There's 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 a way that all these courses feel with regards to their clubhouse, their staff, the surrounding course, and just all the amenities. And it felt a little bit odd. It was, it was disconnected between a very modernized course, um, something that resembled, like I said, almost a Wolf Creek with regards to um, not fitting really in a box, but a very old clubhouse, one that didn't have windows that really faced or silhouetted the, the total course itself. Um, one that felt very old, a little bit stuffy, and then the resort town around it that that didn't feel very modernized either. Um, and again, amongst even though it was what 1991 that it was designed and created, uh, but probably one of the more modern courses that we see, a very modern course with not modern amenities necessarily. I think they tried to make that clubhouse and stuff look like an old Irish you know, building kind of, it was, it was pretty dark. And that, that was, I think what they're going for. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll get to that at the end with, with some, where, 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 where I would probably rather maybe go. Um, and then, so after hole one, you come up over this hill though, and then you get, you know, what you came for. Cause you get, once you get to two, two's a par five, you have a bunch of holes on the water, uh, two, three, and four. And, you know, you're paying for your, when, my my big take on the golf course is you're paying for the views. You know, you got eight holes that are on the lake. Um, two, you know, I don't. You have anything special to say about two, Tim? Par five. You know, it's pretty straight away. You just have the lake there the whole way. But three, when you get to three, you got this awesome. You know, the par threes they were really good. They are really good par threes. Three and seven kind of are the same, go in different directions, but they're they're right on the water. But we come up to three and from the, there was a front pin on three. And I know for a fact for the tees we were playing, the caddy said 129 to the pin, 122 adjusted. 122, and this is into the wind. I peered, I know I did, I hit it good. My 165 club and came up short. Yeah, no, I I went up 45 fucking yards and still it hit like the front of this like front of the green's got a false front and rolled back off the green <laughs> I, was say, I, I hit a seven iron which is 175 with a draw so it appeared and i was pin high yeah so i mean it I was, was pin high coming down the hill it was howling out there um but that you know that's a pretty that's a cool hole three um four is the hardest golf hole on the golf course handicap wise tim 
your thoughts on four. I know you got some. I don't, I didn't even play. I didn't play four. I played around it. I didn't even play it. It was like number two. I actually, I had to drive in the fairway on number two. And then after that, I didn't play number two. Same thing with number four. Four was epic, right? up, uh, epic up around the green for you there. That was fun. Oh my God. That bunker. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, again, uh, audience, uh, two different holes with uh, three consecutive bunker shots um, out of the same bunker in two different holes. Um, and, yeah. And five, I didn't like it all. Um, I might be sour because I cut it over the lake and hit it into the other lake, whatever it is on the other side. Um, but uh, that's the hole where Bryson took that crazy line at the Ryder Cup over everything. Um, it, okay. It's a weird, it's a par five, it's called Snake. And it reminds me, if you can picture, picture Edinburgh number, what is that? One, two, three, four. That par five, you know, where it's got water, water. Yes. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's like that exact same kind of layout, but with a bunch of sand dunes or whatever. And from the tee we were playing, you could cut it over everything, um, you know, which I tried to, but I hit it over everything into the other water. So that was a very narrow, like, strip of fairway. Um, and Bryce, Bryson cut everything and just freaking nuked one during the Ryder Cup, you know. So he had like a wedge in on this par five, but that's. I think universally number five is like the least liked hole just because the design doesn't seem to really fit everything else out there. Especially with those trees cut down too. I mean, they, they took out this massive clump of trees right behind the green, but I thought that that added a little bit of architectural interest and, uh, and now it's just a barren spot. So six, we already talked about um, let's get right to hole seven. You guys, uh, everybody knows it's famous because John Daly made a 10 after hitting three balls in the water and then threw his club in there, which was recovered by the, um, the, the boat. But I went back to him and I looked. We had the kind of the like middle-ish left pin. He had the back right pin that day. I asked for that pin too. I was hoping. <laughs> Which there is literally, if you, when you go, if you go play there in the back, right, you literally anywhere short and at it or right is gone. There's no, it's not coming back. If I'm not mistaken, and this is just something I remember, it may not be right, but I, for some reason, remember, I want to say that seven might be the hole that Jason Day kind of hit like a 35, 40 foot bomb. You know, the year he he won. It's possible. You want it. There's that back pin, and he didn't want to get too aggressive. I know he was coming. Him and Spieth were battling at the end here, whistling at the um, in a major there, and he made that bomb. I think it was seven. Yeah, I went back and watched. I mean, there was no. I went back and watched a few highlights here and there today. There was nobody getting close to that pin because there's no. There's you don't you don't even go for it. They all hit like a cut. Try to hit a cut off the left side of the green, you know, and just hope it. If it goes a little bit too far right, you get lucky, sure. But if it just kind of cuts into the middle of that green, you're fine because there's really nowhere to miss there. Um, it's built right on the edge of the water. And then we got to eight. And this is where my own words, my, my own words, <laughs> Tim's already laughing, came back to haunt me. Because, Why is there? Because there are so many times through the first like eight holes, I'm just kind of walking around, taking it all in. I'm like, and I, I said multiple times, like, why the hell is there even a bunker there? Nobody hits it there. What the hell is Pete Dye doing trying to put a bunker there? We get to eight. Uh, it's par four. I got the two iron in my hand because I listened to the caddy who multiple times would say, just hit it between those gorse bushes up there, those two junipers. And I'm like, we're all like, that's pretty easy when it's only easier said than that when it's a 20 yard wide strip of fairway with the wind blowing in your face and across or something. <laughs> but I get up there and just stone top a two iron. And this, <laughs> this thing is rolling off the front of the tee box. And, you know, I didn't think they're laughing. Everybody's laughing because <laughs> it goes down to this bunker. And I didn't really think anything of it. I'm like, you know, that's fine. Whatever. I'll get up there and hit an iron up, up the fairway somewhere and try to make a bogey and get out of here. Well, we get up there and there's it's it's the dumbest thing ever. There's this little like island of, of grass, but it's not in the middle of the bunker. It's like situated almost towards the very back. You could barely get a club in between the edge of the bunker head. and the island, like the club head, barely. And here's my ball sitting in this thing. So now I hit it backwards. 
across the fairway backwards into another bunker. I'm, I'm hitting my third shot. I'm like 320 yards out still <laughs> of a fairway bunker. I did manage to make a double. I managed to make a double. Um, somehow made a putt. Um, you know, if everybody's, if everybody wants to know the putting odyssey with, with conventional grip is officially done. It, it ended, it died at whistling straights. Cause, but that was one of the few putts I actually made. Um, but uh, eight, eight, eights were our, our buddy Patrick, who was also playing with us, took three shots out of a bunker as well. A fairway bunker hitting backwards also. Um, that can happen apparently at Whistling Straits. Okay. And then nine. Now, I like, I like nine. What do you think of nine, Tim? Uh, good drive. I just, it, it, the wind was in my head by that time. So I just, I chunked a pitching wedge that, <laughs> you know, came up short and, uh, Drive was good. I thought I, I thought both of the holes into the clubhouse looked handsome, uh, but they didn't necessarily fit the course. They were no. more traditional, um, even yeah. with Ravine running through through eighteen, which you might talk about later. Uh, both both nine and eighteen felt more Parkland. They felt more more Minnesotan yeah. um, than what we had dealt with. So there was a lot more comfort sitting on on both those tees. Now. The transfusions talking on the 18th <laughs> might detriment yeah. uh, the final tee shot. Uh, <laughs> that, that is up in the air still. The, not- uh, the funny thing with that with hole nine, though, is, you know, for what's supposed to be like a Bally Bunyan kind of course, that was like the most sloped fairway going down. You know, you, you got a little kit, you got a little run there. But the rest of the hole, the, the, the rest of the hole really didn't. It's like not that kind of. Uh, of a hole i i did, did what nine ten and nine and ten tees i sat at both of them said oh my god there's a spot to miss there's like yeah. a zone to actually miss these fairways or they're wide enough where you can aim and you can have an overdraw or an overfade depending on where you put the ball or start the ball i was a big uh, fan of 10 yeah uh, hit that one 10 was hit a nine, good hit 10 10 was a good hole. That was, this is coming off a, a short. I missed a five footer for birdie on nine. That's what we were in. We were in pure crisis mode there, but we didn't manage to make a par on nine, 10, 11 and 12. Well, I think, uh, I think the bigger story is coming off a primo hot dog. I mean, yes, those were great hot, great yeah. hot dog. Somebody on Instagram um, sent me a, a thing today about apparently the granola bars are amazing too, that they had there, but the hot dog was one, top, top five hot golf course, hot dog of all time. It was, it was all worth it then. It was all worth it. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Even, five five hour drive one way worth yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. It had like the bun. The bun had like the little like uh sesame seed kind of things on it, whatever they were. Oh, it was it was amazing. It it, it when you when you just when you just missed a five footer for birdie to, to roll in with a 43 at the turn, nothing says nothing says let's go like that hot dog and a little beer. No, we had transfusions that turned in way. But 10 was a good hole. And then we, get, we get, I'll get to 11. I loved 11 too. 11 was the par five where Tim was down literally in the center and middle earth. He was in the center of earth on, on 11 and in, in front of the green. I think that might've been one of my best shots of the day. <laughs> Just a, a three quarter sandwich from I think 65 yards and, and really damp sand. I mean, to the point where do you take the, the lateral hazard drop, right? The, the in course shouldn't be there water um, or do you just play it? And I played it almost as is. And I hope that's on video. That'll be up on the internet soon. Yeah, we uh, got it somewhere. We'll get it on Instagram soon. So for those who don't, so 11's is par five, really cool hole. I liked 11 a lot. Um, but in front of the green is this massive, just like craterish, huge area with like the railroad ties and everything. And Tim's down in there and he's like 15 feet below the green <laughs> hitting up to some blind, you know, spot, but um, 11 was good. 12, 12. And I don't say this very often. It's a par three. It might've been my favorite hole. I thought 12 was awesome. The short one, the short one. If you guys remember the Ryder cup, they had that one little short hole there. Uh, it was playing for us like 120 yards, but they could put a pin way in the back, right? Which would have been crazy. Um, but 12 was a really cool hole on the water that you're hitting like a little gap wedge in there. Um, I don't know. We could speed this up, I guess, but then you get to, let's, let's get to the, let's get to the nuts and bolts of this thing. 
up towards it. Well, we could talk about 16 right into the wind, right? Par five, right? Driver, driver into a gorse bush. <laughs> <laughs> and then was hitting, and then was hitting, uh, hitting off my knees. The ball came, we found it at the edge of the gorse bush off my knees. Then it clipped the gorse bush again. Then I hit the next one into a fried egg. I did manage to make double. Make double. That's when the round had pretty much derailed for me. If, if, if Pete dies putting gorse bushes, and then it's got to be links. They added them. They added them. The caddy said that they um, the pros complained. The pros complained that there weren't enough like targets to aim at out there, so they okay. added all these gorse bushes. There's actually junipers, I think, or something like that, but they look like a gorse bush. Um, they're thick. I hit a couple balls in there, uh, but then we get to 17. The Jordan. <laughs> the Jordan's. The Jordan's feet hole. Oh yeah. Where. I want you uh, listeners to know that uh, that uh, Mr. Shortsighted here for, paid attention during the Ryder Cup and knew to hit it over the giant bunker. You hit it. You have to hit it over the giant bunker on the right. I was reeling after a bogey, bogey, bogey double stretch. We're just trying to get into the clubhouse at this point, and I just laid it out there into the flat, into the right side of the green. Mr. Green, of course, easy par routine. But these, <laughs> but Pat and Tim were they were down in Jordan's feet territory. Tim, it's take not, away. It's it's not that we didn't aim over the giant bunker. <laughs> it's just that we didn't put it over the giant bunker, right? <laughs> I, we aim there. We both look in safe side. Uh, but yeah, uh, down in in no man's land. And and Pat, honestly, if you get further down the hill, the easier it gets. Yeah. Uh, Pat was further down than myself. Um, I unfortunately was right at about the territory where I didn't quite have the trajectory to carry the wall and. Uh, the first bunker shot banked off the very, very top four inches of it and came back into a different bunker. And then I proceeded to try to go to the bank on a late Saturday afternoon. As everyone knows, they're closed. Um, they're not open for business. Uh, so I think it, it probably took me five shots to get out from down there to finally on the green. Um, I, I'm not saying that Jordan Spieth running down the hill was overly athletic. I mean, I ran down the hill to go find my ball. Not impressive. Uh, what was is the ability to open up the face enough to get over that wall. That was that was something. I think well, Larry, um, he, hit it, he hit it, I mean, way over the wall. I don't, I, I don't think I've ever seen a higher shot that he hit. Let's be yeah, honest. I, I don't know how he did that. I it, it, The physics don't fit in my mind yet. Well, let's be honest here, though, Tim. He had the benefit of heavy, heavy rough to keep his ball <laughs> in, to keep his ball in a spot where he could pull off that basic shot. You didn't have that benefit. You're down no. there in, in the bunker. You know, you had you you, you couldn't the bounce of the club. It isn't going to get it, make it get it up high enough. So you had nothing left but to bank it off the off the wooden rails on the side of the green. He probably I had it easy. He probably and had no easy. Pa no palm balls left. Yeah, no palm balls. <laughs> No assistance. So it was both Pat and I got what we asked for. Both of us knew of that shot from the Ryder Cup. And uh, yeah, we uh, he pulled it off better than I did, but we both had an experience down there. Yeah. And then you get to 18, which is called Diabolical with Pete Dye's name spelled in it. And um, it's the Dustin Johnson hole where he was in the right side. Um, to give you an idea of how how good and how far back these guys played from where we played. We ended up playing like 60, what, 6,700 yards, basically in the yep. wind. We, we had contemplating playing 71, 42. Thank God we did not. Um, but on 18, I hit a two iron as good as I could to the very edge of the fairway um, from our tee box. And from, from where I ended up to where Dustin Johnson got the penalty, he was like a hundred yards back. So I don't know where that professional tee, tee box is back there. Oh it's no, it, no was, it must be in no man's land somewhere to be it was that far a good, back. He's hitting driver. <laughs> it was a good 100 and, 110, 120 yards back <laughs> from us. And it was tucked more towards the tree line. Yeah. Way more towards. So they had to carry all of that waste bunkering on the left that right side of the fairway must have looked like an island yeah to so those players like, it's it's kind of a risk reward for the normal tee box that we played you can go over stuff but um it's a it's a hard hole I, I, it's one of the holes i don't get out there it doesn't it's like tim said earlier nine and 18 don't fit like uh, if you're trying to have a links you're trying to make this like an iris links because there again you can't you have to fly it over all kinds of stuff 
you know, there's a river or like a little stream and bunkering. There's no, you can't use the ground at all, basically on the whole. Um, so it doesn't really fit, fit to me. Hard golf hole though. Beautiful. No, and I, I think the weirdest part too, I, I flushed a six iron in from my yardage. I think you hit yours. Okay. I rinsed one. I rinsed one. And both of us, I, I mean, even, even my six iron on the yardage, um, came up short, even with the downhill, which I was shocked by. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Still dealing with the wind, even though we couldn't feel it, um, or what happened there, but just, uh, you've done a fantastic job of just convincing me that I got to go play that card. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes, please. It's, I wouldn't say, so here's the thing. Like, I, I'm not convinced that the stay in play is necessarily worth it. Um, just because of the age of the clubhouse and some of the accommodations, they were, they were very nice. They were just so aged that I feel a little bit too laid back. Yeah. My, with my golf trip, my whole take on the, on the place, my final kind of take is um, somebody asked me on Instagram today, you know, would you, would you play it early season or, you know, wait, for peak season pricing and better conditioning. And I think my take is I would probably play it early for, you know, we end up, I think we ended up all in with the green fee and uh, we just had a four caddy. So he read, you know, putts for us and everything and everything we were all in like three sixty after gratuity or something like that. Um, the, the peak season is five, like 50, you know, plus caddy plus, cause there's no, you have to walk and there's not, you really couldn't even, I can't see how you could even use a push cart out there, Harley. It's, it's so no. hilly and there's little paths. No. Um, so I think I would, it's, it's, I think you gotta play it once. You know, if you're a golf fan, try to get over there, play it one time. I, I didn't mind that it wasn't, you know, peak condition because I think you're there for the views. You're still, you're getting all the views, you're hitting all the shots. Um, but if I was going to, you know, like for instance, what we paid, what are you paying Tim for tobacco road and Southern pines? Uh, about one fifty each. So you're paying, you're playing 36 holes at two really good golf courses for less than we paid for, you know, whistling straights. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to differ with you on this. I would go back to whistling and pay the premium. Hmm. So I didn't have to deal with the wind, but you're going to get you wind. Hit, but I bet you get wind there all the time. Don't you think? No, no, you, you hit, you hit late July and, and August and the wind dies. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Um, and it's just, it's a part of the, it's a part of the temperament of, of just the seasons in Sheboygan and, and Wisconsin, but the wind dies and hmm. it's green and you get, you get a, a golf course that doesn't have quite as much teeth as what we had to deal with. Well, um, for my money, having played the most of the courses there now, if I was going to go on a buddy's trip, I would go to sand Valley. I think the vibe at sand Valley is, is better. It's, it's, it's much more laid back. Um, and, and, uh, somebody had, somebody had also messaged me on Instagram about, you know, depending on what your ability level is, you know, if you're somebody who regularly shoots 90 here in Minnesota on, on an average golf course, I don't know if you're going to have a lot of fun at whistling straights. There is not a lot of room to miss and it, you can get in some really bad spots where if you went to a sand Valley, um, you could pay the same price and play both those courses, probably peak season, you know, roughly. And at mammoth dunes, you can hit it almost anywhere and have a blast. Um, and so for me, I think it's a, I think it's a play at one time. Say you did it, you know, it's, it's right. It's number three ranked public course in America. Number 21 private, it's it's an epic setting a beautiful setting crazy setting um but i don't know if 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 i'm gonna pick like i think we listen to the no laying up guys in the podcast if you're gonna pick play it a course to play 10 times i would pick sand valley seven out of ten times or something probably it was i don't know or i haven't played everywhere but other places too i don't know it's it's hard getting beat up that bad too it is. It was hard getting beat up that bad. Um, bad, you know. I I think I went I went into I went into the round with a gin of plus one point four, and I, I we put the scores and we played the Irish course too. I, I don't 
And I think my two, my two, two of my lower scores from last summer are going to get kicked out of there. So we're going to see what happens, but I shot 85. I shot 85 <laughs> at whistling straights and I, uh, I'm pretty beat up psychologically. I, I switched putting with two holes to go and finally said, screw it. We're done with this. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. So it was a psychological, more of a test than anything. Oh so, my I mean, God. Like you guys said, I mean, like you said, like you get to play the shots that they hit, whether you're, you're not, you know, we're not going to execute them like they do, but at least you get to stand there and say, I know what that shot was like in, in future majors and future, you know, whatever they do, Ryder cups, whatever they do there, you guys will always be able to say, you know, that shot yeah. is super hard or that shot has a tough view that shot, you know? So that's kind of, I think why you'd pay to play it. You're not, you're not, you're not paying it to cut, try to shoot us. A 73. No, you know, that's just not going to happen. No. And I just think, yeah, I think it's, it's somewhere go, go pay to play it one time, play it one time. Make sure, you know, if you're a big fan of golf, it's, it's a very unique, I, I can't think of anywhere in the United States that isn't on a coast that would have a setting like that. Can you, Tim, that's not on a, one of the coasts. Wolf Wolf Creek is the only one, and I, I only bring them up because it's just it's Martian, it's bonkers, it's yeah. something that you've never seen anywhere else, and that is what whistling is with with the bunkering, the topography. Yeah. So you got, you got eight holes that are right on the lake, like right there. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's on Marsh. Yeah, that's yeah. that's 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 not about uh, that's not about the water. It's just about how wild the golf course is in general. The yeah. water, otherwise not not much like it yeah but yeah so we left uh we left we went to sheboygan a little eight downtown at nz's we did play the irish course too we're not gonna, we don't really talk about it. it's top 100 public for tim's list um I, I would i would play the irish if you go the back nine was awesome 80 yeah 80 bucks back nine was both were very playable the typical like it, there's a distinct difference between a pete die championship course designed for the PGA tour and a Pete die designed for the public and the playability of the Irish is much higher. Um, I thought the back nine was fantastic. The front nine, the first three, four holes, not great. Yeah. Back um, really good. But then I, I, everyone knows Mike's love of, of stone Ridge. It is the literal polar opposite with instead of the, bunkering down low and the sand structure down low pete i built a giant sand dune mound that the back <laughs> nine seems to circumnavigate so yeah. well it was uh it was a pleasure hearing the stories and like i said you guys made some memories and Ugh. we'll always have that <laughs> always have that now it's just time to take a couple weeks to recover don't pick up a golf club yeah yeah take i gotta time. put some air fresheners in the car after the breakfast sandwich just farts and uh <laughs> yeah and you, I saw, and, and, and Jeff's been, Jeff was grinding at Mulligan's playing the classic. He's got <laughs> practice round ready for, you got it all ready to go for the, your big weekend. Tell us about yeah, it. We're gonna, we, uh, we've got, you know, you, everybody's kind of got hopefully some annual trip that they look forward to, unless you're Tim, you're just trying to get to the next course. But a lot of people have these <laughs> annual things that they look forward to. And this is, this is kind of my thing. And uh, we've gotten a brainer now for the last, I don't know, eight, 10 years. Um, it's always the first weekend in May, so we're always kind of, you know, risking risking weather. Like we can uh, we can say this year's definitely a weather risk. Um, and basically, the trip starts on a Wednesday. We got guys go up only like four or five that go up on Wednesday. They play the Craigans now. Craigans is renovating, so we think back to past years. You play the thirty six holes of Bobby's and Dutch, um, and then they also then Thursday another crew of guys come up, and then we actually play a little tournament called the First Hack Open. Um, usually 10 to 15, 16, 17 guys playing that. It's a 36 hole stroke play handicapped um, event that kind of just gets you, you know, lubes you up for the main event the next day on Friday at the, at the classic, but kind of getting back to Craigans, um, you know, when you, we play there, I, I know it's doing some renovating, but you know, this year, like the guys that are going up Wednesday are paying $400 to play now originally we're supposed to play the preserve because they knew that they'd had one course that wasn't going to be available so which is fine that sounds great i don't you know i haven't played the preserve before so but then they called back and said now the preserve is is uh shut down or not shut down it's just not opening till friday so now what we're getting is we're getting one of the nine holes i think it's from bobby's maybe and then the other nine is a mixture of just <laughs> random from the lot of 27 so to pay 400 dollars, and then for me playing 
you know, 36 holes and staying one night, 250, you'd think that they maybe give you a little bit of a deal because you're just not playing what you're used to playing. In fact, they, the prices even rose from last year. So I was really very happy with, with Craigans how they did that this year. But I guess what can you do? You're playing golf. Yep. Um, we are using the Golf Genius app. So if you go up to Brainerd for a buddy's trip, uh, Craigans has a, a Golf Genius app that you can do live scoring with in your groups. They, also, they set it up for you. You just got to have guys that can get the app and you can plug it all in. So, you know, everybody's at, uh, we're using that this year, which is new, which is, I think is pretty cool. Um, you know, the, go the golf is going to be what it is. Obviously the weather doesn't look great, but one of my favorite things about Craigans is they have some sick houses. So we're going to be staying in this you know fun house. It's always draft night. So Thursday nights, the NFL draft, um, yep. we do a Calcutta, uh, for the big main event on Friday. So what that means for those that, that don't know, it's basically you purchase a, well, in this case, just a single guy and everybody gets purchased for whatever. And that's with handicap. So they announce the guy, they announce the handicap guys start bidding. Um, and at the end, whoever bought the winner gets the pot. So whatever's in the middle and um, you know, you've got more investment than just maybe yourself. So if you're not playing very well and you've bought somebody else, <laughs> you're kind of cheering them on. And if you guys follow me, you'll see some of the stuff I'll post it on Instagram. It's kind of fun to watch. It's uh, it's a good time. And the big open rooms at Craigans. I mean, you get, you've got ping pong tables, you've got pool tables, you've got monster TVs, you've got a giant bar, you've got a poker table all in one room. It really brings everybody together. And it's kind of fun. So that's uh that's Thursday. And then as we swing into the, to the main event, we head over to the um, Madden's which is kind of where we host everything. And this is where the rest of the guys come up. And we have 24 guys that play in this, um, that have been playing in this. Uh, we play 72 holes at the classic, um, two nights stay and a breakfast for 320 bucks, which I think is a pretty good deal. Um, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're playing, you know, the only downside is you're just playing one course, you know, four times, which, you know, after a while can get a little bit monotonous a little bit, but you're playing a really good course. I mean, it's a classic and, I would say for 320s, it's a pretty good deal. We do 54 whole stroke play, handicapped. Um, and then and that's what we did the, the Calcutta for. And then actually the last 18 holes, Friday night, we do a um, drawing for a partner best ball for the last 18 holes, handicapped everything. And then we also do a Calcutta for that as well. Um, and we play for the belts, uh, the, the old WWF, WWE belts, whatever they are just kind of fun the winners get to put those on their shoulders and walk around at night at the bar with the belts so knowing that you were at mulligans just grinding on the classic ready yeah, yeah. to go are we buying ourselves in the calcutta are we, are we <laughs> dropping dropping some bucks here you know i i'm gonna try to lay low i think i'm the second lowest handicap there this year and i'm you know i'm, I'm usually maybe a stroke or two higher so maybe i'm not going to be as bit as high um that's a good question the classic at i will say the classic at mulligans was done I, I wouldn't say it's you know super close but somebody that knows the course really really well you know there's certain things that maybe it didn't have i mean when we played augusta at mulligans it was lights really? out the exact same so it wasn't you know i could tell that it was the, the classic but not as uh not as detailed as, as i was hoping for but anyways, you know, if you've ever been to the Maddens, we stay at the lake house, which is really fun. Obviously in May, it's not, you know, you're not going in the lake or anything unless I guess we, one year I tried to petition the guy that took last has to jump in the lake. I thought that would be a fun rule to add guys just didn't get on board with it. Um, probably, there's probably ice on the water still at this point. You know, heck yeah. Especially this year. So it's a really fun house. Just right in the, the gull lake there, East gull, I think it's, it's called. And then, uh, the overflow, if we can't fit everybody, a couple, a couple shacks right next to it that we, we bunk up in, but Awesome time. Um, kind of bummed about the weather this year. It's gonna, it's gonna be one of those things where you gotta think kind of survival. Might be a little harder to have as much fun just because you're thinking staying warm as opposed to, you know, golfing with your buddies and all that kind of stuff. But I guess we'll find out what happens. What is the current forecast projected forecast for you right now? Well, playing Thursday, it seems like it's like a week and a half ago. You know, I've been looking. It was. Uh, it was looking decent. I'll, I'll give it a decent. And then every day since then, it just kind of seems like it gets worse and worse and worse. Saturday could even turn into a, a, a wash. I don't even know. Um, you never want to say that. Uh, so we're going to get up there and hope for the best. Hope that uh, our local weather people suck and, and uh, <laughs> hopefully the, the skies open up and something, something comes about and start making some birdies.
We can never. I can come with you there, Jeff, and we can get the snow started. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Stay away, Tim. You can never. <laughs> totally I forgot. I, I forgot that we do the um the winter. We do a ceremony Saturday night. So we do a ceremony. There's a there's a jacket kind of like the Masters. The the former winner puts a jacket on to the new winner, and you know the new winner's you know hopefully going to give a little speech. Um, and then we take the, uh, the belts and the jacket and we go, if, if for those who don't know, on Madden's campus, there's a bar. And usually we head to the bar, the whole crew, crew of guys, and then, uh, you know, live music sometimes there. And, you know, tell the stories of how guys, how did you shoot a 12 on hole, blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> And they're going through their stories and it's just, a, it's a good time. And anytime you can get 24 guys together to play some golf, it's, uh, can't, can't, uh, can't beat it. Nice. Well, that'll be, uh, it's going to be a, like, I like to call our round at, at Whistling, like a war of attrition kind of, um, Yeah, you'll have the same thing with the, with the winter gloves on the mittens and trying to stay telling, warm. Yeah. I was trying to find a, I didn't know that they have a, a, a heater just for golf. So I, I saw that, but then like Amazon would not get it to me until after I've left. Ooh. So I, 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 I sucked on that one. I was hoping to buy a, a little heater that you can have in your cart. Get it shipped right to Madden's. I was gonna say there's uh there's some USB plug-in heaters you can get. Yeah, I think I need to get one of those because I, I I can't I feel like if you are dressed for it you're gonna have a little advantage. If there's some little advantage I can get, it has nothing to do with golf, just staying warm and dry. I feel like you've got that you've 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 got some strokes on the field. Uh, I just found, right off the bat. I found that Swisher Sweets. Assuming assuming you can get it lit in the winds. <laughs> assuming you can get it lit, assuming you can get it lit in the winds. As the, I'm sitting here uh, looking at this yardage book logo from Whistling Straits with the with the wind guy, I feel like it should be Pete Dye's face on there, with blowing some wind at you with then a middle finger, <laughs> but then a middle finger sticking out also. Get Kate Smith on that logo, ASAP. <laughs> the uh, Jeff, the ultimate cheater cheater role in the in the cold is you get the hand warmers and you yep. put the the golf ball right next to it. Oh so, uh, yeah, be oh. pounding the driver. That's oh yeah, is that I a think- bracelet secret? No, no, our our buddy Chris, um, Taylor made rep now in, in Scottsdale, talked about his college experience. And I think he had mentioned one very cold round where his coach walked up and, and noticed he had a golf ball right next to one of his, his hand warmers and that he couldn't do that because again, it, it any heat, it just it, it accelerates it accelerates the golf ball. So uh Push you should have right told me this off air. You should have told me this off air. Just have a oh, whole pocket full, no, a whole yeah. pocket now full. Everyone's of, gonna know. Whole pocket full of hand warmers, like in the front, yep, like, in your, yep. like in your hoodie or something. Yeah, yep. I know. Well, you guys follow. Yeah, everybody, if you can follow on the uh, on the on the story, I'm sure. But it might be too cold to even post a lot of that crap. To be honest, and wet. But, but um, come here for all the uh, cheating tips. Yeah. Other big one. Uh, I always put a yardage book down on uh, a blind lie. Right in line with the pin. Messed that up a couple times. This, uh, that this was, uh, great yeah, Tim, Tim had some uh, not so highly illegal moves on his way to a 96 here, <laughs> <laughs> including including using his yardage book as a visual aid of where to hit the ball. <laughs> There's no sight lines. Uh, well, let's uh, let's wrap this baby up. Let's just talk quickly about the Zurich, Zurich and then uh, we've got some. Yep. Some PGA tour event, I guess, that I've never heard of. So Terrible field. The we'll, worst we'll field of all that. time. We'll keep that one on the um team Cantley and Shoffley. They wanted that 29 under basically, I don't know, in the driver's seat from day one. I mean, they didn't really seem like they had it was their tournament to to lose from from the get-go. Those guys were were on something. Um impressive win. Um, I will say, Tim, the golf course did bore me some. Uh, I just didn't get anything from it really. All the par threes seem kind of similar. Um, I like the pitches around the greens a little bit. Sometimes those are kind of fun to watch. Um, outside of that, I just didn't, didn't do a thing. Um, you got to sh- give a shout out to Jay Haas. Yeah. I give a shout out to Jay Haas. I mean, that's, what is he? 68. Mm-hmm. Making cuts at 68 repping that. So he is our takes from there. I believe he is the, uh, PGA tours all time leader in cuts made. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And I, I think it was about getting the round number at this point in time. Yeah. He's got like 799 or seven. He's almost 800. Yeah. He's yep. trying to get starts now is kind of the next thing, but I yeah. have a couple things. Did you see Brendan Grace hit that one into the tree stump? Oh, like it's, straight, and it's stuck in there. Flew straight in there. And my other take, um, I got a couple takes one, 
that as Tim and I found out, golf is a humbling game. It's a humbling game. Did you see Kevin Kisner and his partner on that par three? I've done it. Guy, whatever his name is. I think he was playing Scott Brown, wasn't he? Scott Brown. Brown. So Brown, he washes one into Davy Jones' locker on the first tee shot. And then Kiz drops it, hits it in the water. Then Brown drops it, hits it in the water. These are not like from like a hundred. It was like like 50 yards, wasn't it? Yeah, the little chippy flop that they had to hit. They finally took it eight or a nine or something on the hole. Um, Yeah, but Xander and and Cantley, you know, I just think like in future from the Ryder Cup, they played together. They played well here in President's Cup and Ryder Cup. You just throw them out there together and say, go kick some ass, boys. They're pretty good. Yeah, I, I, at this point, and that was Tim's whole philosophy. And so, by the way, Tim gets another win. He's, up He's now. now got two. Uh, my hey. Billy Horschel group couldn't quite uh, give him the run that I was hoping for. They got to one, got down one, but just couldn't uh, get past that. Well, um, yeah, I mean, very questionable drop on, on 17 <laughs> there, too, by the boys. Um, I just want everybody to know that there's an asterisk by this one for sure. Um, from what I, from my intel, my intel says Mito. Went out, to, went down to Bourbon Street, had a little fun, a little too much action, maybe. Soared back the next day, withdraw. You, we don't, we don't know. They could have shot thirty-two under. We don't know. You never know. <laughs> I mean, so Jack Rose is is a wonderful restaurant. Great food, uh, typical high-end Southern food. Um, a couple, only a few blocks off, or a streetcar away from Bourbon Street. So you never know. You never know what could happen. Yeah, we don't. And know that's where the. That's where the other side of the President's Cup was. <laughs> the only thing I like to change possibly is I think it'd be really fun to do four four rounds of alt shot just because I mean that when you on that golf course, it's like there's birdies just everywhere. They go stupid low. They go stupid low. You know, it's like it's like, yeah, just somebody's burying every hole. It's like, you know, unless you know, maybe I'm just thinking more of the Cantley Shoffley group, but it's like it's just like birdie, 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 birdie. Whereas like the alt shot, you know, if you make a bad shot and it's kind of it's gonna actually it's going to sting because you're probably looking at going in the water, maybe, you know, getting up and down for bogey or, you know, eating a double. So that, that would kind of make things a little more interesting in my opinion. Well, even, even in looking at some of the footage that they had post hurricane, uh, the course has changed significantly since I've been there. Uh, a lot of tree removal on elective tree removal has happened, including a lot of the barrier trees. So they had a couple midline trees that are now gone. Uh, I think most notably on 11, that par five, I believe, which would have been a tree that was in the middle. It's had to work your ball around or whatever. Yep. Yep. Which a ton of fun, ton of fun, Um, but would have completely upended Cam Smith. I think it was a big cut around, uh, around the tree that he was behind to put Cantley in for an Eagle putt that really kind of closed out that back nine on the, uh, the last 18 of the tournament. Um, but again, what can you do? I mean, you can't regrow a 150, 160-foot tree that's 110 years old overnight. So they're going to have to do a pebble did. Pebble Pebble brought in a new tree when the tree went down on 18. Yeah, you got you to gotta do what you got to do. If that's part of the course, you got to find a way. It's a Pete Dye course, correct? <laughs> I don't know. They that should, it is. They should, just make, is. they should just put a couple, two trees. Why not make it harder than it already fucking is? Make it two. They, <laughs> they should put they should put 1100 bunkers in yes they should 1100 bunkers that's what they should do <laughs> well let's uh let's put a wrap up on this we've uh, we've probably talked to, if you're still with us congrats to you. <laughs> you're still with us on this one we appreciate it um we just got real quick in another another minute the the mexican open is our next tour and all we're going to basically do is is give you picks and, and just kind of see what happens there it's at the vedante valerta is that how yeah. you say that i have no idea Par 71, about 7,500 yards. Greg Norman Greg, is Greg home. Norman, yeah. Um, large landing areas off tee, it sounds like. A lot of carvinous bunkers that are, you know, around them. And so who knows who's going to play well there. There's not much data to go off of. Let's fire away our picks and, and end this thing tonight. I'm going to go out on a limb and say worst field of the year. Like, oh. I'm offended. P- PGA Tour, I'm offended by this field when I went through it. It's, it is atrocious. Dude, we still have we still have the John Deere Classic. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah anyway, Tim ball. Tim's picking first. He's he's the defending winner. Yeah. I, I mean, going on the hot streak, right? So I I have to go someone, you know, from the country. We're gonna go Abraham Answer, and uh, I think he's shown 
a decent amount of strength this year. I don't see a reason why he doesn't have the length for, for the course uh, or the iron play for the course. Pressure. He's doing it for the home country. Pressure. Yep. I, you know, uh, many people have done that. Many, many folks. Mike? I'm going to go. I don't know. This is the worst field ever, but I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> Sahith Thigala based on a couple things. One, he's actually played really well this series. I think he's right around 52nd or something in the FedEx points. But more so, he made the cut in Hawaii. He made the cut at the uh, Corrales Punta Cana. And I just got a feeling he's he's rounding into shape for the tropical events. Here we go. Here <laughs> that's we a, go. That's a deep take. I like that. He's a <laughs> tropical player. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, um, I'm going to go with Patrick Reed. I don't know why I keep picking guys that I don't like, but I'm going to pick Patrick Reed. And I think uh, he's won in Mexico. So that's kind of my thought on that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have much more to say. Um, maybe he just, you know, outside it's a bad field and maybe he can, you know, get some confidence showing up. So other it's than the, that, uh, got... it's the Puka shell necklace. Yep. The choker. Yeah. He'll wear that. I hope so. So, All well, right. if you stay we'll with see. us, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, lots to take in there. Maybe listen for it to it for a couple of days over a couple of course in a couple of days and we'll uh, check in with you next week. Take it easy. Maybe today's the day I brigade Want the ball to draw, but it keeps on fading. No OB and no bogeys. I gotta keep it on the 80. It's the gold G. Well, you hit it on one. Straight up the gut, baby. Now I got a wedge on my short game cravings. Little bit of edge on the sport makes gravy. So punch out the rough and tune to break 80. Break 80. Break 80. Look at this shot. It was amazing. Break 80.